week on from our fantastic interview with Emily Westwood. And to return to our familiar format this week, we recap the international action and look ahead towards our crunch Continental Cup game this weekend at Manchester City. All of this and more on today's podcast. Welcome everyone to another episode of the only dedicated Birmingham City Ladies podcast, Great Since 68. It's episode 11, brought to you as always by dancingparkdames.co.uk. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined as always by Chris Pugh. It's been a few weeks since we last spoke, Chris. Have you been up to much? Not really, Craig, no. Just mainly working, really, so busy one. Getting, getting ready for the Christmas before your money goes again. That's it, yeah, yeah. Busy, busy schedule coming up, so... Uh, we must unfortunately start this week's show with the news that Birmingham City goalkeeper Anne Catherine Berger has been diagnosed with thyroid cancer. It affects the thyroid gland, which is located at the base of the neck. According to the NHS website, thyroid cancer is usually treatable, and in many cases it can be cured completely. The club have confirmed the 27-year-old will have surgery next week. As sports fans, we can be forgiven for looking for excitement and a bit of happiness as we follow our teams each and every week. Then situations like this come along and put the game into perspective. Your well-being is more important than any game, and we can often forget that when we're cheering on our team from the stands. Anne is without a doubt one of the best players, and arguably one of the greatest keepers to have graced the Women's Super League. But she is more than that, and I expect that it is the same for everyone listening at home. She is part of the women's football community, and that community has flooded social media with support for Anne over the last few days. Players, managers, fans, journalists have all come out in support of her and everyone just wants to see her fight this and win. It's obviously a very heartwarming thing, Chris, to see such support. Yeah, it's it's terribly sad news to come out and, you know, initially your, your thoughts are immediately with Anne and the family. But I have to say the the way that the women's football community, you know, especially on Twitter, has has rallied round and, and sent their wishes, best wishes and support to Anne has been has been you know nothing short of magnificent and I'm sure it's it's overwhelming for Anne to see the support that she has had from not only Blues fans but but fans of of women's teams in general our, our best wishes and thoughts go to Anne uh, and her family but you know the, the way she's responded uh, in the last few days the messages that have come out from her shows that she's she's a really strong person you know she's been at the club for a couple of years now and We've seen not only a great goalkeeper, but a, a really strong character as well and a great person. And, and obviously our best wishes go to her and, and hope that she gets through this pretty soon. Absolutely. We wish her the best. Uh, she released a statement on Twitter yesterday uh, for the people giving her support. And she had this to say, thank you so much for all the wonderful messages. Each single one of you have made me very happy. To me, it is very important to let you know that I have not communicated my illness to receive pity, but to communicate strength. I am not the only person to have cancer, and I know it is possible to beat it. I will work really hard in the rehabilitation stage after my operation in December to come back onto the pitch as quickly as possible. My message to anyone who is in a similar situation as as me is not to give cancer the chance to put you down. You will overcome it and come back stronger and your attitude is most important. Thank you all for everyone's support. Obviously, that shows the the character that she has, Chris. Yeah, 100%. um, You know, I read that and it's very inspirational, I think, and... You know, you think, uh, well, I, I certainly did. I thought, you know, what would my reaction be if I had that news? And you probably would start to feel a little bit sorry for yourself. But 
there's certainly none of that in Anne. Um, you know, and like I said earlier, she, it's a very inspirational, very inspirational message that she's put out, and her whole attitude has been very inspirational as well. And you know, she says she's doing it for strength, and she's she wants to show everybody that that has this news that gets the same news that she's had that that you can fight it and that you can beat it. Absolutely, and I've heard in over the last week as well that Man City's supporters club are doing a special uh, dedication to her for the game. In the 30th minute of the game, her shirt number. If everyone uh, who from travelling from Birmingham for the game, uh, they will be doing a round of applause on the 30th minute to show their support. And I believe Anne is travelling with the squad, so it'll be a really nice moment for her, I'm sure, to see the support from all over the women's football community. Chris, 100%. And you know, fair play to Man City the supporters club for, for coming up with that idea. And, you know, again, it shows, it shows the solidarity and, and, and the connection that the women's football community has that even though, you know, we will want to go up to Man City and beat them on the day, you know, Anne's condition has touched everybody. And, you know, for Man City to, to come up with this idea is excellent. And like you say, if, if Annie's there, then, then I'm sure it'll be, um, it'll be quite a powerful moment for, her, you know, for all the fans to be doing that. We will keep up the positive vibes as just as Anne is showing us herself. Now, Hayley Ladd and Jess Carter have both been away with their respective home nations over the past week or two. Wales have had an incredible start to their World Cup campaign, remaining unbeaten after their first four fixtures. Back in September, they beat Kazakhstan away thanks to a second-half strike from Jess Fishlock. They followed that up with an impressive 0-0 draw away in Russia last month. The dream of the 2019 World Cup continued this past week as Wales beat Kazakhstan 1-0 at the Cardiff City Stadium. The deciding strike was from the boot of a certain Hayley Ladd. Her set-piece prowess was on full display as she whipped in a free kick from out on the left wing. Her cross baffled the defence and outfoxed the keeper and it beat everyone and found the net. What did you think of it, Chris? We've seen in the early stages of the season how good Hayley Ladd is from set-pieces. And from that from that situation near the corner flag, it was the perfect delivery. You know, it's it's too too close, you know, to the defenders for the keeper to come out and claim it. Um, and similarly, the defenders don't want to don't want to try and get a touch on it because it's a bit close to the goal. And she's she's put it in the perfect area and it's nestled in the bottom corner. So, you know, fantastic delivery from Hayley. You know, and just what Wales needed, obviously. In I think it was the last ten minutes of the game, and it was nil nil. So, in front of a decent crowd at a, a big ground in the Cardiff City Stadium. I thought it was, um, you know, a really big moment and brilliant for Hayley Ladd to to rescue Wales like that. Absolutely, and then are on such a good run. Wales added their third win of the campaign on Tuesday afternoon in a hard-fought one-nil win in Zanika against Bosnia Herzegovina. Hayley Green with the goal. Bosnia pressured Wales as the match drew towards the final closes. They even had a chance from the spot to equalise, but Laura O'Sullivan was equal to it. Not the greatest penalty, really. It was around knee height and not entirely in the corner, but credit to the keeper for guessing the right way. I'm not sure if you had a chance to see it, Chris, as it was a lunchtime kickoff on a Tuesday, but uh, Wales certainly have started the campaign well. Yeah, they have. I, I saw the goal and the, the penalty save uh, on the highlights. Green took her goal really well, and, and like you say, the penalty, uh, O'Sullivan's... You know, she's guessed the right way, so you have to give her credit for that. And she's got her body behind it. Um, not the best penalty, but still, um, you know, it has to be saved. It was on target. So they have started the campaign really well, though, Wales. And I think it's a different Wales to to that of a couple of years ago. You know, Jane Ludlow's the manager now, and, and she's got a, a group there that have got, 
you know, more than enough WSL one, WSL two experienced players now, and and they're getting more and more regular game time in in a good league, and and they're coming together pretty well. They have got good players, you know. Obviously, we mentioned Hayley, we know Hayley from Blues, but you know Tash Harding as well, and and Sarah Wiltshire and Jess Fishlock's been in America for a few years now. She's a really good player. Um, so I think you know they're they're looking like the team that that could be the one who challenges us for that for that top two spot. Um, you know, and it makes next year's game in April in Southampton a pretty big one. Absolutely, and I saw England play away at Wales. I think it was in the run-up to the World Cup in Canada, and uh, I think England won five nil on that time. It's amazing to see how far Wales have come, and obviously with the likes of the Welsh men's national team doing so well, and it must be a, a boost, and it must be a really good boost for the whole country of Wales to see how well football's doing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the men, the men were fantastic a couple of years ago in France. Obviously, failed to qualify for the World Cup next year, but. You know, they've shown that what are not exactly the the greatest players in the world, but a good group and a, and a close unit can do to a team. They've got all the way to the semi-finals, and and Wales are, are pretty similar, really. That you know, you wouldn't say they've got better players than England, but if they can if they can have that togetherness and that unit, you know, with, with flashes of brilliance from Harding or Ladd or Fishlock, then you know anything's possible really and and like you say five nil a few years ago against wales i don't think um i don't think it'll be that convincing this time around also in group one is none other than england as we uh, alluded to and jess carter was called up to the squad once more she made her debut late on against kazakhstan i thought given her midland links she would have played in the warsaw game against bosnia but uh, nonetheless momali obviously didn't want to be too sentimental about her selections england took on bosnia in warsaw last weekend a 4-0 win with a brace from steph houghton and goals from nikita paris and fran kirby what did you think of the first game Chris? we went to this one i think the timing of it is is a little bit problematic you know it was the same at colchester as well where you know, five past seven kickoff. It doesn't give people a lot of time to get there after work and things. And you know, on a Friday night, <laughs> having to travel up and down that M6, it's it's tough to get to at, at five past seven. I think it showed that the crowd got. You know, people were were coming in as the first half was progressing. So you know, a few people were were late coming. Um, but the game as a whole, I thought a little bit sloppy first half. Not not clinical enough. You know, we had. We had a hell of a lot of the ball and we had a few chances that weren't taken. But second half, I think it's a it's a case of probably the fitness showing a little bit more and you know, we got a little bit more space and, and we took we took our our goals and our chances in the end and, and come out with a pretty convincing win. It was a convincing win, but I thought there was one moment in particular for Bosnia. I thought um, I might be in the minority to think this, but uh, they had a goal wrongly chalked off, in my opinion. The ball was played forward and Melina Nikolic and Millie Bright had a tussle as they ran for the ball over the top. Looked to me as a uh, bit of a tussle between the two wasn't really enough to give a foul line, in my opinion. And then Nikolic uh, beats Siobhan Chamberlain into the ball and puts it in the net. And uh, obviously it was ruled out and she got a yellow card for protesting. What did you think of the incident, Chris? We were at the other end um, to that goal. We were in the, the other got beyond the other goal, but um, we thought it would be given for handball from Nikolic originally. But obviously, once she gets past Bright and, and takes it round Chamberlain, then and, and sticks it away, then she probably thinks that she's she scored you know one of the biggest goals of her career. You know, playing away at England in front of ten thousand odd people um, would have been a massive moment for her. But unfortunately, like you say, the, the ref disallowed the goal and, and you can understand her frustration unfortunately it got the yellow card as well but 
I thought that she was Bosnia's standout player on the day. Um, and she might have been a little bit unlucky with that goal. I think if if the ref would have gave it, I don't think we could have had many complaints, to be fair. Absolutely, but it didn't really test England overall. We we, we were always going to be on top in that game. Next yeah. up, England played Kazakhstan and produced another emphatic performance to beat the travelling side 5-0. Former Blues midfielder Mel Lawley, who hails from my neck of the woods, got her first goal for England in this one, smashing the ball home from around 10 yards. England were then made to work for their next goals, and it wasn't until the 64th minute that they scored again. Substitute Fran Kirby made it two from the spot, then the floodgates opened soon after, and Nikita Paris helped herself to two goals, and Izzy Christensen finished the route. It was an eventful game, Chris. Uh, obviously, it's a great moment for Jess getting her debut in this one. What did you think of her performance? I'm absolutely delighted for Jess, obviously, being a Blues fan. You know, we've seen her from her debut against Arsenal in the Champions League three or four years ago now. It's... You know, she's she's just developed on and on and she's got better and better. Um, you know, obviously her playing now in, in more of a midfield role than a fullback role. And I think she come on for Lucy Bronze. So, you know, playing at right back is she hasn't played there for a, a while now for Blues. Um, so it asked a little bit more of her than than possibly if she'd have come on in midfield. But I thought she did okay, you know, she she put a, a few good crosses in. Um showed a little bit of pace but I think by that time the game was over um, and England were just trying to trying to play keep ball and, and going through the middle really so she didn't have much chance to impact the game. I would agree with that one it's uh, Jess didn't really get much time to influence the game she was stuck out on the, on the wing and it didn't look like the ball was played primarily through the middle for the most part. Going on to the first goal obviously it was a big moment for Mel getting a first goal for England it's got to be a, a big boost for her. Yeah, even though she's moved on from Blues, I think Mel is one of those that we still have, you know, a little bit of a soft spot for. She was she was excellent for Blues, and you know she she's a really nice person, and she's still, you know, I think we saw her at Blues a few a few weeks ago. Um, so you know she still lives around the area, got a family around the area. So it was really nice to see her get her first goal. We know what quality Mel has, um, and and she took she took the ball down well and and finished it off impressively. So, yeah, very happy to see Jess get her debut, but also Mel to get on the score sheet as well. And I'm sure there's there's many more goals for Mel to come. Absolutely. And she comes from a town that they're in the men's game anyway. They're, they're playing in the sixth tier of English football. You just imagine someone playing for England who comes from that town. It's just unreal. And it, it must be a massive boost for the area. Well, my area, I should say. Like you say, if, if you're a little girl as well, you know, coming up around Kidderminster or, or the local area, and you see see England playing on the telly, and and there's a girl from from your town playing and scoring. That that's that's massively inspirational, and it, and it's a great motivation for for young girls to to get involved in the game. If they see that someone from their area can do it, then why can't they? Absolutely, you never know what's going to happen. Also in the game, Chris, there was a there was a few moments, eventful moments, I should say, uh, particularly with with the goalkeepers for Kazakhstan. Aksana Zlesniak was the one who started the game. She was uh, certainly had an eventful first half. She was uh, looked like she was limping limping to the finish, she should say, and she was eventually taken off at half-time. What did you think about her staying on as long as she did, Chris? It was a difficult one, I think. Obviously, they want they wanted to stay on as long as possible, but it was pretty clear from, from quite early on that she was struggling, you know, and the last 10 minutes of the half, I think it was England noticed and... And they were just trying to take pot shots from from everywhere, really, to try and test her. But I, I think in hindsight, the management could have taken her off a little bit earlier. But 
I'm sure the plan was to get through to half time and see if she could run it off or but she, you know obviously it didn't happen and and they had to make the change at half time. Irina Sandalova came on for her in the second half. I thought she looked a much better keeper in the second half, to be fair, Chris. She had um, some good saves, and uh, she almost got to that Frank Kirby penalty, which was really low, and she almost got to it. And it was, I, was, I was quite impressed by her, to be fair. She did, yes, yeah, she was. Um, she was an improvement on on the first half keeper. You know, that might have been the injury more, more, than, more than the standard of the goalkeeper. Um, but she, she certainly made a very good save from Kirby in the second half, low down, and and like you say, almost got to the penalty. She picked the right side. Um, Kirby just getting it close enough to the corner. Um, you know, she came through a couple of good crosses. She made a couple of mistakes here or there, but I, th- I think that you know you have to un- realise that they're a developing nation. You know, Bosnia and Kazakhstan in the women's game are still developing, and they're going to get better. You know, hopefully, the more the more they play, the better they'll get and, and the training can improve. Um, but I, th- I think generally a couple of handling errors, but she made she made a good save from Kirby, like I say, and she definitely helped Kazakhstan keep it down you know, to five minimum in the second half. Any last thoughts on the game, Chris? I thought Nikita Paris in particular had a really good game. She was uh, She's really impressed me. She's really matured recently uh, for Man City and it looks like she's gonna, she's been rewarded that with more goals this season. Yeah, 100%. She played well against uh, Bosnia in Warsaw as well, but she she did. She was the one who looked... We, we always seem to try to get the ball to her in, in the Kazakhstan game. Um, you know, and, and, and she's shown that if if her head's right and, and she focuses on her game and none of the theatrics that have been, you know, that she's been accused of over the last couple of years playing for Man City, then she's shown that She's a very good player, and when she's running at people, she's dangerous. She's she's quick. She's good on the ball. She makes very good runs, and she, you know she took her goal, the the one goal against Kazakhstan, really really well, um, firing it into the top of the into the top of the net. So, you know she's shown that she's a very good player. Um, you know I thought Kirby and Christiansen when they came on against Kazakhstan were, were very instrumental in changing the game and you know it's no surprise that it went from 1-0 to 5-0 pretty quickly when those two come on um Kirby was very good at Warsaw as well so i think you know there's there's good signs you know we've got very good attacking players in England and against the likes of Bosnia and Kazakhstan you're not going to be troubled defensively so you've you've got to the main work is is to get those attackers going and playing well and, and, and breaking through these teams. Yeah, I would agree. We've got one of the best attacking lineups you probably can get at an international level at the moment. You got the with Frank Kirby getting like a hundred goals and hundred and two appearances at senior level. Yeah. You've got uh, just just that alone, any any country would be happy to have that. And you've got such good talent coming through Nikita Paris. You got Beth Mead coming through. There's lo- the, the future looks really bright for England up front and all over the pitch. To be fair. The, one of the final points for that game I'd probably bring up, Chris, is the, the as you mentioned, theatrics earlier. There was a moment from Lucy Bronze that will not live uh, long in her memory, hopefully, because it, it was a bit of a shocking dive, to be fair. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, and I'm sure she would have got a lot of stick for that in the dressing room. But Lucy's too good to be to be messing around with that sort of nonsense. You know, she's when she's bombing forward and running at players they, they, from right back, you know, for a right back, she's got incredible power and pace going past people and running at people. So you want to see that side of her. You don't want to see her going down, trying to win free kicks and things. So hopefully, you know, that that's the last we see of that from Lucy. 
Absolutely, you can you, you can tell how much talent she has when you when you're going to get signed by the arguably the best team in the world, Leon, yeah. who were the Champions League champions. Her talent just shines through, and she doesn't need, as you say, to do anything like that. And hopefully, it doesn't happen again. We will move on to our preview shortly, but first, I'd like to talk to you about Simply Cook. Simply Cook is a subscription-based recipe box that delivers you the spices and pastes to really bring out your creative side in the kitchen. Simply Cook has 76 fantastic recipe cards to choose from, and you will receive four of them at a time. I personally use the service and have done so since May and have tried at least 48 of the recipes on offer. How does it work? You sign up, choose the recipes that you want to try and they deliver the spices and paste to your door. All you need then is to buy the fresh ingredients from the shop and you are away. Broaden your cooking today and try Simply Cook. Simply go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Simply Cook 68. That's bit.ly forward slash Simply Cook 68 sign up and you will have your first box half price help support the show today and try this great service today we're going to move on now to the man city game and we obviously lost in dramatic circumstances last time out at the academy stadium keris harrop was sent off georgia stanway won't be there this time after being selected england under 20 squad for a tournament in florida she was pivotal in the result last time chris do you think this could be a good omen for us yeah i think i think it's certainly a boost for us the you know, a, a very good player isn't available for Man City. I'll, you know, I'm sure Man City will be saying the same thing. The fact that we Charlie Wellings is unavailable for us, you know, going to the same tournament. Um, but, you know, Stanway's a very good player. And like you say, she <clears throat> she pretty much turned the game on its head um, a few weeks ago in, in the league game. So having her, not, not having to face her, and as well, Megan Campbell as well, unfortunately, suffered a really bad injury and it was her long throw in that they got the equaliser from so again you know there's, there's a couple of players that that were pivotal in in the defeat a few weeks ago that won't be available for man city but you know they're a very very strong squad and they've got they've got very good players who can come in and replace them so we'll still have to be on, on top form to get anything from it yeah, I would agree. It's going to be a tough test no matter what, even with the, with the players out. They, they haven't got the biggest squad, but they've got such uh, quality in that small squad yeah. that, that you have to watch out for most of them. Uh, in the Birmingham City preview on their website, uh, it was announced that Abby Lee Stringer won't make the game because of fever. Who do you think is going to replace her in the midfield, Chris? Because she's been quite of a stalwart in the team recently in the midfield. She has, yeah. Um, it depends what system he goes with. I mean, obviously... Mark's got a few decisions to make based on the fact that we have to go and win the game. Um, you know, so does does he pack the forward line and and leave the midfield a little bit barren and go long? You know, if we play five at the back, it's, it's a difficult one. But you know, Hayley Ladd will be back in selection, and Jess, you know, both the international girls can play central midfield and have played central midfield. Connie Schofield has played a few games. You know, she she could come in, but I'm sure. I'm sure Mark's got plenty of ideas on, on on which way to go, but you know, from our perspective, it really we have to wait and see what what system he goes out with to see where everybody fits in. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I spoke to journalist Richard Laverty earlier this week, and one of the potential ways Birmingham can progress into the next round of the Continental Cup is to beat City by three goals. The Birmingham club website uh, believes it is four goals, but um, according to Rich, this isn't the case. We currently have a plus four goal difference, and Everton have a plus seven goal difference. Uh, if we win by three goals, that means we're both on plus seven. But um, according to Rich, it is on goal scored that it's decided by after points and goal difference instead of the uh, 
head-to-head record between us and Everton. So if we win by a three-goal margin, that would be we would have ten goals to Everton's nine, and we would go through on that way. Uh, alternatively, we can go through if we beat City and Doncaster get at least a point next week. We never do things the easy way, Chris, but scoring three without conceding is a tough ask against uh, City away. Yeah, I mean, well, you say it's a tough ask. I can't remember a team that's done it, you know, to them since they've come in the WSL. Um, you know, hardly anybody steamrollers City while stopping them scoring as well. That's, you know, that's the difficult thing. We, we've got to obviously go out and attack and score goals, but we've got to be mindful that we can't concede as well. We, you know, we're going to leave gaps if we if we're attacking, but. Yeah, we, we've got to go with that with that carefree attitude, if you like. That we, we've got to score goals and we, we've got to try and win the game first of all. Um, you know, if we win the game, we, technically we're still in the competition for a few days until until the Man City Doncaster game, and then anything can happen. You know, Doncaster have surprised a few teams in the past, and you know w- w- they showed that, that they can score goals against us at St Andrews as well. So you never know. Win the game. And, and then see what happens, win the game first, and then the consequences after that come. But, you know, hopefully we, we can go there. We, we, we've we got to score goals and we've got to win the game. And, and that has to be the attitude. Yeah, I would agree. We have to, we have to win. That's the, that's, that's the minimum yeah. we have to get. And obviously uh, relying on Doncaster to do something is not the ideal method. But if that, if it comes to that, well, every, all the Blues fans are going to be cheering on Doncaster as they take on City in the week. It's only uh, three days after, I think the first game. And uh, yeah. we've, City having a thin squad and a lot of the players going recently to play for England. It could be a really tiring few days for them and it could prove pivotal in this uh, final stages of the Cup. It could do, you know. They've had Champions League games as well recently. Um, you know, so the, the fact, unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, you know, the games were in England, so it's not like the players are going to be jet-lagged or anything, but they, they have played 90 minutes. You know, Steph Horton's played 90 minutes in both of them and you know, they had a lot of players in the England squad um, and on international duty. So, like you say, a thin squad, a couple of players out injured, a couple of players missing with the under twenties. So, you you never know. You you, you just got to you got to pick up as as fans. We pick up on every little every little thing that we could go that will give us a boost. Um, and if we do win, like you say, it's only three days until the Doncaster game. Then so. Yeah, if we, if we win this, if we win this game and end up going through, you can you, the the confidence is going to be in the squad, knowing how well we did last time in the Continental Cup. You never know how far we're going to go this year. Absolutely, yeah. And we've shown that we're a match for anybody. So, as we showed against City last time, up until a point, we were matching them, if not bettering them, of on, course, on, their, yeah. on their own stadium. Which and is... that'll give us a, a lot of confidence as well, knowing that for seventy minutes. We, we were we were the better team against them, you know, and and that was a league game where, you know, that they were they were really focusing on on getting those three points. So, again, it's another little positive that we can take for it, and, and hopefully we get the points. And with Karis Harrop back in the defence after the suspension, especially against the same team that she got suspended out, it's going to be an interesting game for her. Yeah, it will. You know, it's it's an odd one. You get suspended at one ground and then a few weeks later you, you come back and it's the same ground you know but um, you know sure, I'm sure she'll be fully determined to, to make amends for that red card and, and come out on the right side of a victory this time 
Yeah, I would agree, Chris. And that's all for this week's show. Thanks to Chris for joining me. Thanks to Jazar for allowing us to use his song No Control as our intro music. You've been listening to the Great Since 68 podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us as you can receive the show every week as soon as it comes out. Just search for Damson Park Dames on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and any other podcast platform you may use. If you prefer to listen through SoundCloud, be sure to give us a follow there so you can get notified whenever a new episode is out. You can follow us on Twitter at GreatSince68. And for our personal accounts, you can follow me at Craig Hadley. And Chris, how can they find you? Yeah, on Twitter uh, at AWCAIB. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, keep right on.